Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. Playing games is a holiday tradition, but beware those that take you into supernatural realms. What seems like harmless fun can unleash dark forces. Laughter and games may stir shadows, so tread carefully in those mysterious spaces where playtime meets the unknown, or you might find yourself staring directly into the face of death. First, smile for your murder, then, games from the dark web. Finally, in our last story, the creepy pasta snowman ritual. Before we get to our stories, I wanted to take a minute to wish you a happy new year. It seems impossible that another year has come and gone. On behalf of the entire Something Scary team, we wanted to thank you for being part of our community and for joining us on our spooky journey. Please keep sending us your stories. We love hearing from you. And if you'd like to help us keep doing what we do and bringing you this podcast each week, join our Something Scary Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Every member makes such a difference. So until next year, sweet screams. (laughs) So, want to hear something scary? The Devil's Games. It's all fun and games until you accidentally get someone murdered. Like in this story inspired by Christopher Barron. Ahmed and Tyler were best friends growing up near Oakland, California. As with most teens, they were obsessed with social media trends. Popular dances, pranks, reviews, you name it, they did it but they were always careful that nothing they did could get them in trouble. Well, at least Ahmed was. Tyler liked to push the boundaries. Over winter break, the friends were hanging out and watching a movie at Ahmed's house. When the news suddenly broke with a story about another disappearance, the week before, a grandfather went missing in their area. Now, a little girl was MIA. They turned to a townsperson who blamed it on a man named Billy Dew. Billy Dew was the local creepy urban legend of Oakland for as far back as anyone could remember. Many spoke of him as a man rejected by society for his unfortunate, horrid deformities. The skin practically melted off his face, 
creating asymmetrical features with a bulging, scabbed-up forehead and sunken, hollow eyes. He dwelled in the sewers after his family threw him out for being an embarrassment. Anytime someone went missing over the years, the town blamed Billy. The younger generation didn't take too much to the story. They figured even if this legend was real, Billy would probably have died by now. Ahmed looked at his friend as a devious smile curled across Tyler's lips. We are not going to the sewers, Ahmed insisted. Tyler chuckled. Ahmed was worried, and he could tell Tyler had some type of prank up his sleeve. They went to get ice cream. Tyler told Ahmed to order their sundaes while he tried to save them seats at a table outside. Ahmed went outside with the ice cream. He looked around trying to find Tyler, who wasn't sitting at the table as planned. Ahmed finally spotted Tyler. He was sprinting down the street wanting Ahmed to chase him, holding both cones against his better judgment. Ahmed took off down the street after him. Since Tyler had a head start, Ahmed mostly saw him rounding corners. Finally, the chase ended in a dark tunnel and no ice cream. Ahmed couldn't see Tyler anymore, but could hear splashing footsteps. Come and get me, Tyler shouted from deep inside. Ahmed followed, pulling out his phone for light. Footsteps still echoed ahead of him and Tyler's loud laughter made it easy to track him until suddenly there was another voice laughing, a deeper, raspy voice. Ahmed knew Tyler to be a trickster, but he also knew that he couldn't pull that kind of voice off. Finding himself at a set of stairs, Ahmed heard and felt a crunch underneath his foot. He looked down to see pieces of a skull. He yelped, then he saw more skulls everywhere he shined his light. Ahmed felt a hand grab him. He spun around, and before him stood a disfigured man in an old work uniform. The name tag read Billy. Ahmed backed away, but as he tried to run, he realized that he was now in a small corner of the tunnel up against a wall. Billy closed in on him. Billy pulled out a phone and snapped a photo of Ahmed, his face twisted in fear. Then he began laughing in Tyler's voice. Tyler removed his rubber mask, telling Ahmed he had no idea how long it had taken to set all that up. Ahmed stood up. He wanted to be mad. He was, but he was also thoroughly impressed. Ahmed was amazed with how deep Tyler made his voice. Even the skulls were an impeccable detail. But when Ahmed pointed down at them, Tyler just looked at them puzzled. Tyler's face turned white. I didn't put those there, and I didn't say anything. Ahmed insisted he had heard a deep, gravelly voice. Then they heard it again. They turned towards the voice. A click could be heard in the same direction. The lights suddenly flashed on. They saw a figure in similar clothing to Tyler, except instead of scarring, his face looked almost rotten. Half skull, half flesh. Ahmed wanted to write it off as another prank, but then an eyeball fell out of the figure's face. He simply picked it up and popped it back in. They were both speechless. This had to be the real Billy Dew. Just in time for family game night. Billy said in that haunting tone. His eyes turned to the table in the middle of the room. There was a game board set up. Around it were seated four people, clearly skeletons in varying degrees of rot. 
Tyler yelped as he realized these were all the missing people from recent months. Billy started sliding a chair up to the table. Just a couple more things, little bro, and we can get started, Billy said, slowly starting to laugh again. Ahmed grabbed Tyler's arm and darted out of the room. Footsteps came back from behind them, which prompted Ahmed to keep running and avoid looking back. He refused to stop until he got back home. Ahmed's father was in the living room and saw him come in. He noted his son's exhausted panting. Ahmed was too out of breath and could only get out one word. Tyler. He figured he might be able to explain everything, but then he reached out for his friend and realized he wasn't there. He went for the door and looked outside. Nothing. Tyler? Tyler? Ahmed cried. Ahmed's father knew something was very wrong, but his son wasn't able to tell him in his current state. He helped him upstairs and to bed. The next morning, Ahmed was awakened by his parents screaming for him to come downstairs. He ran to the living room to see their horrified faces looking at the TV. The news had broken with another headline, Billy Do Found. This morning, police raided a room deep within a set of sewage tunnels. The newswoman said, They were alerted by a social media post that one or more of the people who have gone missing in recent months may be there. Upon investigation, this was confirmed to be the case. Their bodies were found seated around a table. The police also found two other corpses, one confirmed as belonging to the infamous Billy Dew. The identity of the other is still pending investigation. Ahmed yanked his phone out of his pocket. The very first thing he saw was a notification that Tyler had posted a new picture. He sat between his parents and opened it up. The corpses found were all gathered together with Tyler and Billy in the middle. Tyler's neck was clearly broken. Billy was smiling. The caption read, Family Game Night. Have you ever had a friend that took games or a joke way too far? Did it ever put you into a deadly situation? Or are you that out of control friend? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's always difficult when you're playing a new game and learning the rules for the first time. But if you did know the rules and how dangerous the game might be, you would wish that you never played at all. Like in this story inspired by Rebecca Crawl. 
Marcy, a teenage girl enamored with the macabre, was obsessed with scary stories. She immersed herself in true ghost tales and serial killer podcasts, delighting in the art of terrorizing her friends with grim stories. Marcy's unsettling tales amused her friends, and she was always prepared with new creepy stories and games. So when she got an invitation to a sleepover at her friend Beth's house, she did some preparing. The next evening at Beth's sleepover, after the sun went down and all the girls were thoroughly freaked out by scary movies, Marcy insisted it was time to play Red Door, Yellow Door, a game she found online in the deep recess of the dark web. In the room, dimly lit by some candles, Marcy laid out the rules. She explained that one person would lay down in her lap with their eyes closed and their arms raised in the air, while the rest of them would chant. The participant would then be instructed by the leader to go to the darkest corners of their psyche, almost like a psychologist talking someone through regression therapy where they delve deep into their childhood past, discovering things they may have not remembered otherwise. The leader would count them down from 100. Then they have them descend a steep, winding staircase in their mind until they hit a hallway full of closed doors. Marcy would ask questions and in a trance-like state, the participant would answer. The girls took turns entering the deepest, most disturbing corners of their minds, rediscovering forgotten nightmares and reliving repressed memories from times of embarrassment and terribly uncomfortable situations. Some of them even revealed their deepest secrets and fears until finally it was Marcy's turn. She laid down on Beth's lap and closed her eyes. She put her hands up and giggled as Beth began to rub her temples and the girls began to chant. until Marcy put her hands down. She was in a trance, having entered her psyche. Beth began to ask Marcy questions the same way Marcy had for the others. Where are you? In a room. It's dark in here. What do you see? I see two doors. Marcy's face went pale, and she began to say things quietly, almost in a voice that wasn't her own. These doors are red and black. Marcy had gotten so quiet, all the girls had to lean in closer. Beth commanded her to go through the first door. Marcy's eyes moved around inside her head. She started breathing uncontrollably and her body started to shake. This hadn't happened to any of the other girls. Beth asked questions with the slightest bit of fear in her voice. Marcy's mouth opened as if to talk, but no sound came out, only her gasping for air. Beth and the others were nervously wondering what to do questions erupted from the girls as Beth attempted to wake up Marcy, but it was no use. She was trapped in a trance. Eventually, Marcy caught her breath and said she had been inside the red door, and there was nothing but fire holding her there. Then something cut her hand as she was clawing her way through the smoke to get out. With wide eyes, Beth realized Marcy's hand was bleeding on her rug. She resisted the urge to call her mother and instead asked more questions. Marcy told them a nice man was bandaging her hand, the girls looked down at Marcy's hand now floating in midair. The bleeding slowly began to stop, as if it was being bandaged up. The man is gone now. I'm going to go through the black door, Marcy whispered. Beth attempted to get Marcy back, but to no avail. They watched as Marcy's eyes moved around in her head once more. Marcy realized that each step she took was on bones unmistakably human. The air was thick with tension as Beth turned to face the others, all holding their breath, fixated on Marcy. 
whose words hung in the air. One question lingered from Beth. Anything else? Beth's heart raced with urgency in her voice. Marcy, with a face drained of color, disclosed the presence of a man following her, chasing her. The gravity of the situation set in. Beth urgently called for her mother, the echo of footsteps resonating from the floor below. Suddenly, Marcy's eyes shot open. He wants to kill me. Her desperate plea reverberated through the room. Beth locked eyes with her friend, a silent exchange that spoke volumes. Beth's screams echoed when the room was bathed in a grotesque spray of blood coming from Marcy's chest, leaving Beth's face and body splattered with the blood of her friend. Beth's horrified scream pierced the air as Marcy's lifeless body lay before her, the once vibrant teen now a vessel of horror. The other girls were in shock. Seconds later, Beth's mother rushed into the room, her eyes in disbelief at the gruesome scene. She was too late. The once innocent sleepover had turned into a nightmare. The girls struggled to articulate what had just happened, their words stumbling over each other in a chaotic jumble of cries and tears. The police were called and the investigation into Marcy's mysterious death began. The room, now a crime scene, was sealed off as officers combed through the evidence. The blood-splattered ritualistic setup told a story of its own, one that defied rational explanation. By the looks of the body and forensic evidence, it was as though Marcy had been stabbed to death. But there was no weapon, no witnesses, no logical reason. The autopsy results yielded no clear answer on cause of death. As the news of Marcy's tragic death spread through the small town, whispers of a sinister online game and the eerie events leading to the murder circulated like wildfire. This, of course, only prompted others to want to try playing the game themselves, googling every combination they could try to find the rules of the game. Beth, tormented by guilt and grief, became a pariah in her own community. Her friends distanced themselves, and the once popular girl was now tormented by the tragedy from her own sleepover. She only found solace in the fact that her dear friend Marcy would have loved to tell the supernatural tale of how she met her deadly end. Have you ever attempted this deadly game? What other creepy ritual games from the dark web have you found? Which ones do you want to hear about next? Our next story comes with a warning. Try it at your own risk. And now, due to popular demand, the snowman ritual from Creepypasta by Made This for the Tail Den. The following is a set of instructions on how to perform the snowman ritual. This is a peace and prosperity ritual to be performed during the winter months in order to obtain favor and protection throughout the coming year. And it will take three days to fully complete. The earliest written accounts of this ritual date back to the 4th century CE in Greater Scythia, now Ukraine and southernmost Russia. The translation has adapted the original materials used and the wording of the incantations to be more accessible for modern societies. Despite these changes, recent attempts suggest that the correctly performed rite is still very effective. Tradition dictates that this ritual be performed in the days between Christmas Eve, or the winter solstice, and New Year's Day, but in theory, it should be effective during any cold period where there is sufficient snowfall. This ritual works best for farmers and homeowners who keep livestock and or pets. Urban apartment dwellers can attempt it. 
but will have a much harder time ensuring that the ritual is not interrupted or disturbed during the three-day duration. Warning, for your own safety, please read the entire document before attempting this ritual. You will need snow coverage of at least three inches with temperatures near or below freezing over a three-day period, two tree branches or wooden sticks preferably forked at one end, string or rubber bands, plant material such as dead leaves or dried grass, vegetable oil such as canola or olive oil, animal material such as a strip of leather, clump of fur, cluster of feathers, etc., animal blood such as cow or pig's blood. This can be purchased at your local butcher shop or supermarket. Scissors, a sterilized needle, a lock of your hair, a drop of your blood. Instructions. At the edge of your property, build a snowman. It must be at least as tall as you are, so be sure to set aside the time and energy necessary or enlist friends and family to help you. Ensure that the front of the snowman is facing away from your house. Use the tree branches on either side to form the snowman's arms, but do not give it a face. That will come later. At sundown, take the plant material, the vegetable oil, and the string or rubber bands out to the snowman. Facing the snowman, you should be looking at your house over its shoulder. Secure the plant material to its left hand, your right hand, with the string or rubber bands. Dip your finger into the vegetable oil and press your finger into its left side of the face, your right side. This is the snowman's left eye. As you do this, recite the following. Snowman, snowman, see my land, hollowed soil on which we stand. Snowman, snowman, bless my house. Guide me back if ever I roam. Afterwards, return to your house, lock the door, draw the curtains, and go to bed before midnight. If you wake in the night and hear a shuffling noise in the snow, do not open your curtains. The snowman is moving about, judging if your land and home are worthy. If you wake in the morning and the snowman has returned to its original position, congratulations, your land and home will be safe for the next year, and you will be sure to return from any long journey you take. If you wake in the morning and the snowman is on a different part of your land, take heed of it. Whatever it is near will be affected by some calamity within the following year. If you wake in the morning and the snowman has not melted, the snowman is gone. Move. The next day at sundown, take the animal material, the animal blood, and the string or rubber bands out to the snowman. Facing the snowman, you should be looking at your house over its shoulder. Secure the animal materials to its right hand, your left hand. With the string or rubber bands, dip your finger into the blood and press the finger into the right side of the face, your left side. This is the snowman's right eye. As you do this, recite the following. Snowman, snowman, see my herd. Pet and cattle, fish and bird. Snowman, snowman, bless my flock. Grow them grass from thorn and rock. Afterwards, return to your house, lock the door, draw the curtains, and go to bed before midnight. If you wake in the night and hear a shuffling noise in your house, do not open your bedroom door. The snowman is moving about, judging if the animals in your care are worthy. If you wake in the morning and the snowman has returned to its original position, congratulations. Your pets will be healthy for the next year, and any livestock you own will thrive. If you wake in the morning and there is an inexplicable puddle of water near something your pet owns, like your dog's bed or your bird's cage, take heed of it. You should probably look into pet insurance for the next year. If you wake in the morning and the snow has not melted, the snowman is gone. Say your goodbyes to them while you can. I am so, so sorry.
The next day at sundown, take the scissors and the needle out to the snowman. Facing the snowman, you should be looking at your house over its shoulder. Use the needle to draw a drop of blood from your fingertip and draw it into a straight line across the snowman's face, forming a groove in the snow. This is the snowman's mouth. Using the scissors, clip a lock of your hair and stuff it into the groove of its mouth, ensuring that the hair does not fall out. As you do this, recite the following. Snowman, snowman, see my breath, drawing ever unto death. Snowman, snowman, bless my heart, judge me whole and hence depart. Afterwards, return to your house, lock the door, draw the curtains, and go to bed before midnight. If you wake in the night and feel a cold, dark presence in your bedroom, do not open your eyes. The snowman is standing over you, judging if your soul is worthy. If you wake in the morning, congratulations. The snowman will have returned to its original position, having judged you worthy. You can expect good health and good fortune in the following year. Warning, to date, there are no surviving accounts of what happens to someone who is judged as unworthy. Take from that what you will. The next day before sundown, preferably when the sun is highest, go over to the snowman. Approach it only from behind. Do not walk around to face it. Demolish the snowman completely. Break the tree branches as many times as possible and scatter the snow around the yard as evenly as you can. Make sure that there is no trace of its remains. Say absolutely nothing. Once the snowman is demolished, the ritual is complete. Enjoy your year of peace and prosperity. Use it well. For when the days grow short and your luck runs thin, you may find yourself looking anxiously for the next deep snowfall. If so, I pray that the snowman may judge you whole this year and every year after. If you try this ritual and you survive, please tell us about it by emailing your experience to somethingscary@snarled.com. And one last time, spooky friends, Merry Creepmas and happy horror days from myself and the Something Scary team. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, narration by Blair Bathory, audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris, produced by Anna Villalobos, executive produced by Gail Gilman, music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.